Welcome to Knights of Roleplay, an adventuring podcast. This is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Royalty free music provided by Kevin MacLeod, Michael Gelfie Studios, Plate Mill Games, and Tabletop Audio. And now, to adventure. Hello and welcome. My name is Chris Buckner. I'm the primary dungeon master for Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast. Before we get into John's Tomb of Annihilation campaign, the first episode of which will be Session Zero, where John sets the campaign expectations and whatnot, we are publishing this episode, which is a special cross-promotion episode that we did with DM Jeremy from Old Man Rolling Dice. We did a cross-promotion with Old Men Rolling Dice back in March of 2021, which was episode number 53, Roundtable, Favorite Campaign Settings. So DM Jeremy reached out to do this show on Twitch called Purper Die, which is on Goodman Games' official Twitch channel. They are the creators of Dungeon Crawl Classics. And so the idea behind Purper Die is that they get three dungeon masters and they show them some images and they have 30 minutes to write a one-shot adventure. And then they kind of have the DMs describe the one-shots. And DM Jeremy was joined by um, his friend Affy, who was on the Twitch stream as well. And so just before the Twitch stream started, they gave me and Kate and Sarah from Knights of Roleplay the five images and then we started the Twitch stream and, you know, we did introductions and then they basically put us all on mute while we started writing our one shots and DM Jeremy and Affy, they showed the images and talked a little bit about the images and then kind of checked in with us once in a while to see how we were doing with the adventure. And then once that half an hour had gone by, uh, we basically read our one shots. So I'm putting an image on Podbean that has all five of the images and that image is going to be published with this episode. You can also find those images on our social media pages right now. If you don't have access to those images right now as you're listening to this, I'm going to describe the images to you that we were shown that we used to write our one-shots in 30 minutes. The first image looks to be a painting that shows a coastline, and a raised area of land that has these three huge swords with their points sticking down into the ground. These swords probably go up maybe like two or 300 feet. And in the middle of these swords, way down at the bottom, you can kind of see a person with their arms raised standing in front of what looks like a white column of smoke maybe. It could be a geyser, it could be maybe a campfire, but maybe this person is doing some sort of a ritual to these three huge swords. So that's the first image. The second image is a black and white line drawing of what looks to be a human male wearing these like flowing robes. There's an arch behind this person that comes right up to the top of the person's head. They have one hand on a column and the other hand is resting on a very large either staff or maybe like a mace. It gets much bigger as you go down towards the bottom. The third image is a black and white line drawing of a crown. And where, like, the jewels might be around the top, it has, like, these little spheres. And the fourth image is a very detailed black and white line drawing 
of a cloaked figure with a skeletal face, and behind them is some kind of a bird that has like a harness on it that looks like it can be used as a mount. And the fifth image is a painting of an airship. So again, real quick, we have these three huge swords with their tips in the ground and a person down at the bottom. We have a figure wearing robes with a long staff, or maybe a mace. We have a crown. We have a skeletal robed figure with a bird mount. And we have an airship. So we hope that you enjoy this special episode. Uh, welcome to <laughs> welcome to Old, Old Men Rolling Dice's Prep or Die here on Goodman Games Official. Hello, hello. Oh, by the way, we have we have an entire roster from the podcast Knights of Roleplay, which go back to like I think season one of Old Men Rolling Dice. We talked mm-hmm. to Chris on Old Men on on, on our podcast. Yeah, we did a cross promotion. Yep. Yeah, so we were like, we were like, we need to revisit that again. So that's <laughs> that's how we that's how we found these wonderful people. Uh, hi, Artemis in chat, and uh, tonight we've got another five pictures. They're not as zany and crazy as last week's, like laser frogs. Um, <laughs> they they are. I I'm not going to say they're grounded though. That would be that would be. Uh, that would be wrong. That's a that's an inside joke for when you guys see the pictures. Yeah, when you see the pictures. <laughs> and it's also kind of an inside joke for Knights of Roleplay. Mm-hmm. Let's get right into what Knights of Roleplay is. Uh, who wants to go first to talk about your guys' project and uh, and what you guys do? You might get to hear Chris and uh, and Kate's daughter. Correct. Which is which is the which is the fourth DM tonight. We've rarely had four DMs on the show. But tonight, tonight we'll be entertained. So who wants to go first and tell us about Knights of Roleplay? I'll start with that. Okay. Um, so uh, Knights of Roleplay is my podcast that I started with Kate and Sarah and a bunch of uh, a bunch of our other friends, John and Greg. Um, I've been playing for 35 years and uh, we started playing with this group in 2015, nice. I believe it was. And uh, at some point I started to do some voiceover stuff and some of the classes I took were podcasting. And I thought, Ooh, maybe I should record our sessions and put them out as a podcast. So um, basically I decided to do Spelljammer, and that was going to be our first podcast campaign. And um, that's basically how everything got started. So that's, that's what we're all about. Be grounded spell jammer, not grounded. Yeah, that's where I, was going. Uh, I, lo- I lo- One of my favorite things about, uh, the podcast versus that you guys do spell jammer and you mix it with a whole bunch of other stuff. Like I know you've done uh curse of Strahd or some Ravenloft stuff with spell jammer. Correct. Yeah, oh, yeah. I did. I, I did <laughs> Ravenloft dark sun Ravenloft spell jammer were like three of my favorites. So I, I mixed some Ravenloft into like two or three of the adventures. And, and right now Strahd is for anybody spoiler alert. If you want to listen to the podcast, Strahd is on the rock of brawl right now and he's living there. Just kind of living there. Oh my! Yeah, he's living on the rock. He has his own little place, and and the party is like, should we do something about that? (laughs) He's managed to escape the domain of dread. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the rock has become a domain. That would be good too. There was a, uh, I think it's called a convergence. I think is what Mm -hmm. it was called. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. you got it. And that's basically how that happened. So Affy is a big Ravenloft fan too. I love so our convergences talked about in fifth edition. I know they were part of the second edition Ravenloft box set where they talk about how the domains occasionally slip over top of. Yeah. 
I, I vaguely I remember reading think something. Think it was fifth edition. N- n- no. no, but the, I yeah. think there's something in the DMG or something that, or that talks about planes sometimes intersecting. I mean, it, it was a. If if I'm remembering it correctly, it was like a very vague reference, and that was about yeah. it. Cool. Van Richten's cool. guide, the guide that just came out, it mm-hmm. does have some plane overlap, but it's mainly specific domains that travel. So, like oh, the okay. carnival, yeah. there's a uh, a train that like a light train that goes around the domains but cool. not actual convergence not anything that i've seen anyway mm-hmm. well then it's a great tip of the hat to second edition absolutely <laughs> definitely I, not stealing I, that no <laughs> go ahead go ahead uh, uh kate do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself i know that you're on the podcast and i'm assuming that's where most of your work goes towards but you know, if you want to tell us sort of how you got involved in D&D or, you know, tell us whatever you like. What, who is sure. Kate? <laughs> who is so, Kate? Oh, Kate. Kate. Uh, so Kate is born and raised in New Hampshire. Kate has been friends with Sarah since eighth grade. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Uh, and I went to college ROTC, did the Navy thing for eight years after school, got lucky and oh. managed to move back home after that so lots of travels in the middle um and then a couple years after i moved home back in 2012 uh this chris buckner guy did something real subtle and told one of my friends that he was interested in asking me out because he knew the friend would tell me right away Uh, (laughs) super subtle which friend i wonder jazzy (laughs) uh no although she has history with him for longer than i do too but so she'll probably talk about that but uh needless to say uh he he asked me out we started going out i think back in like 2014 and the rest is history and and soon after he and i started dating uh, a a group of our friends he'd been talking up all the dnd that he was playing with other friends and how he really wanted to dm and run his own game so he got a group of us interested, and that was basically my first foray into D&D after, like, watching my brother and, like, other friends in college and stuff who had been playing it for years. I had never actually done it. So, Okay, I, I have two that, questions uh, that come out yeah. of this. Sure, sure. Was Chris in the Navy? No. no. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Uh, Jeremy, and, have and... you ever been in the Navy? No, no. But I come from a long line of Navy men. Okay. <laughs> that's that's legit. Okay. I'll send you I'll send you pictures later of my okay. grandfather. Okay. okay. You guys are up in, in Canada, right? Like yeah. Like, is yeah, there a yeah, Navy so. in Canada? There, there is. is. Uh there's there is three <laughs> rowboats, a kayak, and then like a life got this little paddle boat that goes out there in the water, eh? And some uh, of them are the low. they're like the swan things, the swan paddle boats that you go on for like romantic dates. Yeah, swan boat? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've actually been to the Navy base in Esquimalt because my first ship was homeported in the Puget Sound at Everett, Washington. So I have toured a Canadian Navy ship and seeing the differences between what, what they do and us. And it was pretty cool. I was, I was going to say some horrible things about the Canadian Navy and sort of <laughs> imply that like when the American, when the American Navy engages in operations, our, our ships bring you beer afterwards. That's what we do. <laughs> you guys do okay. have beer on your ships? But uh, yeah, legit. legit. That's actually a thing for the, the rock up North. We fight, o- fight over it with uh, Denmark. And Denmark Navy will come in and put their flag up. Denmark like, has a navy. Yeah, 
It's probably like I'm learning all sorts of know. things tonight. <laughs> it's probably like a rowboat and a kayak and like a Viking cruise if, ship. So if I was on my if I was on my old channel, I would let off a rant about Denmark. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that. But anyway, we have there's this rock that I we fight over. Question. I had a second. What question. was your second question? Oh, Sorry, I derailed you. What's the cat's name? Okay, my I know. Oh. oh, cat's name. Uh, so this is Bugatti, and Bugatti was my first kitty of my own. I adopted him in Japan when oh, I was wow. still in the Navy. Yeah. Yep. Bugattis are expensive. How expensive is that cat? Well, you have to get, like, all the uh, shots he was a fair chunk. Yeah, the the flight home was He's a worth chunk of every change. cent of love. He's pretty great, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I totally. Shit. Yeah, I wrote that off on my taxes that year because the Navy did not pay for all that. <laughs> what a sweetheart! I he does make that. vocal vocal appearances on our he, podcast he, from time to time as well. Yeah, he's vocal. He's a chatty, <laughs> chatty. Abby, Abby has multiple cats. I do. Yay! If Abby wasn't married, she would be like the cat lady. <laughs> yeah. I already have four, so we're getting. I know what I was gonna. <laughs> I'm a, uh, Jazzy, we're going to get to you in a second, but I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, I, I was going to say, um, how awesome is it to game with a husband? Because I really like gaming with my wife. I don't, we don't get an opportunity to do it a lot because three kids and we're old. But, uh, <laughs> but do you like gaming with your husband? I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I won't say uh, we, we certainly probably have our quirks that I think on occasion grade on each other, but overall, I, I think it's awesome. I, I enjoy it a lot. Oh, baby. <laughs> Look at the big smile. Baby's Look at the big first smile. Hi, baby. <laughs> okay, Jazzy, we're to you now. Hey. Who are you? <laughs> Tell us what Jazzy's all about. And did you get your hair done specifically uh, for this today? I did not. I saw you on Instagram. <laughs> Going off the new do. <laughs> so my hair gets worked on about every six weeks and the color changes that. quite frequently. It's it usually does. a different worked, color every six weeks. Worked on. You make it sound like a car. That's going on. <laughs> I have a girl. You know. <laughs> I know people. I know people. I was uh, looking back on photos, and this this month last year was when I uh, went from my natural color to platinum blonde, and the rest is history. So, <laughs> I will always uh, think of the '80s when I hear the word platinum blonde. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Platinum blonde together. I'm like, I'm '80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. Um, I had been really, really dark purple and blue for quite a bit with some oranges and pinks thrown in there. So my hairdresser and I decided to go a little lighter for summer, which is why it's now we kind of went in the direction that the color lift took us. So, okay. That's I'm here okay. for it. I'm here, here for it. That's okay. And we, just before we came on stream, we learned that you've been doing some DMing with a certain candle book. Yes. Yes. Um, I have been running some candle keep mysteries in between sessions with our primary DM, uh, which are the podcast that's currently coming out. So those are being put in the stores yeah. for later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so have you guys gotten through the first adventure? We're almost done with our first book out of the Candlekeep Mystery. Okay, I'm not going to, I was going to ask you about a certain encounter in that first adventure, but I won't now because I'm worried that I'll ruin it for some, for, if I'm not actually it. taking them through it in order. So oh. I'm kind of jumping oh. around a bit. I'm going to be adjusting some of the, <clears throat> some of the pre-writes. 
Well, I'm not going to say level. anything then. I'm just going to wish you luck. <laughs> we started with the level seven encounters, if that helps. Oh, wow. Did you start with level seven characters? Yes. yes. Okay. So the, the so party started as, a, as an established adventuring okay. party, which go. was really fun um, because it allowed our group, which knows each other very well, because mm-hmm. since I joined the group back before we were a podcast, which was in the Curse of Strahd campaign, um we've been playing together ever since then so that's four years we've all been together as one unit so (laughs) being able to already be an established traveling party was definitely a good way to as a first time dm Mm -hmm. uh, have my my role players already be super comfortable together which helps me i i read a really cool article about starting parties at 11th level rather than first and don't do the first 10 levels, just go 11 to 20. And it actually, it was a pretty solid article. I think it had a lot, it raised a lot of good points. Uh, and two, if you have, if, if, if any of our listeners or watchers have not checked out Knights of Roleplay before, I think you, you mentioning uh, all the friends at the table, I think that comes through on the podcast that you guys are, you're not just like, hey, we're here to play D&D. There's definitely, there's def- the, the bonds of friendship can be felt for sure. So we have given our Knights of Roleplay uh, their pictures for tonight. Uh, we, are using, we, are, we are using Zoom tonight instead of Discord. So we're not able to actually put them in cones of silence. So we are going to mute them. And they might turn us down if they don't want to listen to Afi and I yak in their ear. <laughs> We do yak quite a bit. There, there's but, often tangents, but the, but it is a little different than normal, where we just put them into total silence. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, are you guys ready? Yes, I'm ready. I, I, I want to so. see. I want to see uh, King Jazzy destroy Chris in this one shot. Yeah. Building, uh, I think the I, the baby. I think that was the idea off. that the girls team up on the, on the. On the well-seasoned yeah. pro yeah. here, you know, uh, it would appear that it would appear that Chris may have given himself a handicap. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I, the the door is open. She could be out here too. I'm surprised. No, she's no, not she, like closed into my she, she closed she the door. She closed the door tight. Closed the door. Daddy, I don't know what to tell you. She's like, definitely All right, Dad, let's do a this. daddy's girl. Big time daddy's girl. <laughs> All right, mute him, Jer. Okay, mute him. Oh, I have to do the muting tonight. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> okay, sorry everybody. No offense, but I'm muting you. Go ahead Full and offense. and you know adjust your volume if you don't want to listen to us. We will unmute you when we need you. Okay. Okay. We've done it. All right. Are you ready to look at some pictures? Heck yeah, I am. All right. So our first uh, image is a trio of swords, but the closer you look at it, the more you look at it, you see a geyser or something. A dude kind of like. Praising the swords. uh, I was going to say raising the roof, but sure, we can do that. (laughs) I like raising the roof. I like raising the roof. I like that he's just sitting there going. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what's happening. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, those are some big swords. Big swords I just there, like the eh? scope. I like the scope of this image. Yeah. It's like, it's like at first you're like, oh, three swords stuck in the ground. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute, these oh, are <laughs> these sort these swords mean business. They're big. They big. Yeah, yeah, and that I mean that's more than giant big. That's like Titan. That's yeah, like, 
that's like god level large mm-hmm. and I, uh, i'm here for it. i really liked it I, I feel like that picture just brings out all kinds of questions like huh and why and where <laughs> and what so, so this this image is simply called swords and it's by alexander uh komarov we believe we had to do a little bit try to do some digging hmm. we didn't get any more information on this image other than that uh, I like that you can see that there's a coastline. That's yep. maybe a geyser or a or a campfire or something. Yeah, it could be like a smoke signal kind of thing. Maybe zooming yeah. in, it does look more like a campfire. It does. But it does. I feel but like I think it could you could be... do anything with that, right? Yeah, it could be like the reverse spotlights or a spotlight. It could be a geyser. It could be. How awesome. I mean, I would love this to be sort of like a holy place for maybe a god of the forge. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty for those cool. that For those of, that have watched our Sunday game, this would be a perfect holy site for Papa Thorgrim, the cleric of the of Moradin. Like, these are massive blades. Maybe Huge. you could forge something here or bless something here. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, there's a coastline to even put it more into sort of perspective on size and mm-hmm. it's just uh you know i think there's a lot you could do with this um yeah, hold awesome. on a sec Ar- artemis is saying i have a city in my world that is held in the arms of a dead primordial titan and obviously then he lost his three daggers here these aren't swords at all oh imagine that you even take that they're not even swords they're daggers oh man <laughs> they're even bigger yeah, yeah no i like that i i like this image and I feel like there's there's a story to be told here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig and it. Ho- and hopefully our three DMs will be able to tell us that story. Quick, look at them and see what they're doing. You know, I, there, there's yeah. always <laughs> art. That, there's always art that I find that like maybe there's a big skeleton lying in the side of a hill, mm-hmm. and the scale is just crazy. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know that Dungeons and Dragons can really do that kind of a scale justice. I don't um, think so. Like, I know on Critical Role, at one point, they had a Titan. And yeah. the way that Matt handled it was amazing. Because it was more like a conveyance, as opposed to... It was like a war machine. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, it stat blocked and everything. It was really, really cool. But going back to this picture, if you look at it, it almost looks like it's in a body. Oh, like, I see what I see that like, like the head is up at the top and yes I didn't even notice limbs. that before yeah and this is and these three blades are embedded in its chest yeah what if it's a dead god hmm that would be cool <laughs> oh and if the, and if the swords are ever removed the god comes back to life yeah and the the geyser maybe the geyser is like at a heartbeat or like a slow breath are Artemis mm. right the one shot? It's a god, and if the swords come out, it comes back to life, and uh, and we'll make you run yeah, it. Yeah, like a state. Artemis is trying chest. to convince me to run a one shot today. And how like, that like I have time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would love to do a one shot with Artemis, but it's finding time. We've got tons of time. I don't know what you're talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. Speaking of time, moving along. Let's, let's do the next one. <laughs> uh, the next one. This one made me laugh when she sent it to me. Just because it's like the posture of this like troll or orc yes. or whatever is just it's like a come hither 
I love look. I love that you think it's a troll or an orc. It's the the fangs, I think. The sort of fangs yes. that are in the face and the the yes. size of the club, that's sort of the vibe I got. But it's just okay. the look of it just makes me <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's basically wearing a toga. Yeah. And that it's leaning against the wall and it's like, well, hello there. Hi there. <laughs> Do you Hi. like my horn? <laughs> like, it's just so... <laughs> it's... How big is my club? Like, it's just massive there. It's... And like, you have the, the doorway in the back there and it's hard to gather scale, but if you're thinking like that, the pillar... And the doorway, this thing yep. is a giant. Ah, ah! Keep going down that. Keep going down that. Oh. What kind? Of, what kind of giant could this be? Oh, a really ugly one that you know just wants some company. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The, 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 there are a couple things that I'm just going to point out about this picture. Okay. Okay. And you're going to just you're maybe it'll give it away, but. Down, down in the bottom right corner, we have the artist's initials, D-A-T, mm. which I don't, I'm not sure what the A stands for, but David and Trampier. So mm-hmm. this is from the artist who drew the, who did the artwork for the original player's handbook. Oh, okay, okay. Plucking the stone out of the eye. Yeah. So that's a Trampier piece. This is another Trampier piece. So it comes from the first, the age of first edition, and it actually comes from one of the first edition core books. Okay. So it it's from the monster manual and <laughs> it's a giant of the giants we know of in D&D. Which do you think this is? Oh man. There there's no like harem domain is there. <laughs> well, no. But would you can we say that this is obviously not a hill giant? No, no. Probably I it's I not, get kind of like the flowy feel from the clothes so maybe yes. air air so what kind of giants are air like an really air giant like i'm really disappointed with your giant frost here. giant i don't know no keep going up so oh, wait hill. cloud cloud <laughs> <laughs> i love i love that you actually <laughs> choked i love that you choked uh yes cloud giant this is the original <laughs> art- this Sorry. is the original artwork from the original monster manual for the cloud giant Clouds giants are kind of like I feel like you'd see them at Coachella on like day three. (laughs) Coachella day three, yes, yes. (laughs) Coachella day three. A little haggard. I will. I will never look at cloud giants the same again. Definitely high. (laughs) He's high. Oh, for sure. Look at the face In, in that room behind him. Is just a massive hookah. Yeah. You know what? No, it's even better. The thing that he's carrying is actually a pipe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not even a club. club at all. It's not a club at all. It's no. not a club at all. Okay. He's, let's, a, he's definitely a butterface. So. Let's leave our friend here behind. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, so <laughs> next, I love that you zoomed in. I mean, hey. it, it has to be shared. It's just... It's beyond. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but this this was not a first choice of mine. Uh, but a certain Jason 
uh, <laughs> wanted this image in, and I didn't not hate it, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Uh, so next picture we have is uh, this crown, which is very odd looking. Yeah. And it actually reminds me of sort of like the mental picture that I had for the crown that your character in my campaign picked up. Well, guess what? That's exactly <laughs> why I found it and grabbed it. Nice. <laughs> Look at that. So this is a beholder crown. Yeah. Or crown of the beholder. Uh, I don't know if that's an actual magic item in D&D somewhere, but I did find, I went looking for stuff online and there was a couple different versions and pictures of it, but I yeah. particularly, I feel this one has the prepper dye, black or white sort of, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the one yeah, that, I, the one sure. in my head, because it didn't have a picture, there was a stat block in Fantasy Grounds that I just grabbed and used because it was cool. something that was existing. Okay. And it didn't have a picture attached to it, so I've sort of pictured it more like this very, very sharp, pointy crown all the way up, very mm-hmm. like metal. All the way up. All, all the way, way up. up. And the gemstones are kind of like floating at the tips of it. That's sort of yeah. the mental picture I had. But this, I would say, is like an amazing. If I had seen this, if this had been attached to it, I'd be. I wouldn't even change it. I might color it. Because uh, there is a colored how version. Extra, there, extra there is a colored version. I okay. just, I not of this exact piece of art, but uh, so this is Beholder Crown. We found it on the Forgotten Realms fandom wiki, nice. and <laughs> it, it, this this one we believe is is the work of Artyom Pavlov. Okay, and uh, we like it. We like it. Like yeah. The, I like the idea of a crown that shoots a bunch of different beans off your head. Yeah. I mean, and you made you made the one that you gave me cursed that it, like once it was it literally spiked itself onto my head. Yeah. 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 So I I, I I liked it. I liked it very much. There's a number of there was about I think we found three different pieces of art for this magic item. Mm-hmm. And we just grabbed the one we liked. And I don't know. I think I don't think it has I think even though you I mean, once you say beholder, you can't unsee it. No, 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 not at no, all. That's a pun in itself. Uh, <laughs> once you, you behold it, you it. can't unbehold yeah. it. That's right. <laughs> but I do think that um, I do think that this also could be like a coral crown. Mm. I think it yeah. has that kind of look to it as well, or like like seashell. It sort of has that texture, especially in the front. It has that sort of. Um, uh, like the uh, the conch, yeah. Like that conch, yeah. conchy yeah. texture. Yeah, yeah. And seaweedish. Conch texture. Conch. It could. <laughs> I think that could very well be the seaweed a seaweed crown. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. Why not? How okay. Many, how many spokes are there? Are there ten? Yeah, ten. So it could be a squid. Do squid have ten? I think so. They do now. According to me. <laughs> okay. I'm down. I'm down. Uh, you, I mean, octopus could have 10 if you wanted to, right? Uh, sure. Sort of, kind of. Maybe. Even though it's in the name, Octo. I, I know. I know. <laughs> so what, it would be a decapus? A decapus, yeah. That sounds dirty. Okay. All right. Let's bother our people. Okay. We're going to bother our people. 
Who are we bothering? For? Let's we're bother gonna, Chris first. Yeah, we're going to bother Chris first. There we go. I've asked Chris to unmute. Let's see if he pays any attention. He ha- he is he is n- he is no idea to pay attention. Just stare right at him. Be like Chris. <laughs> Chris. Uh, hey, uh, Jason. Jason is saying a squid has ten. Definitely. Okay, so I wasn't wrong there. Hi, Jay. We're 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 being good for the most part. Maybe. No. Kate. No. Kate, can you hear us? Kate. Can you like yell at your husband, Kate? <laughs> They've muted us completely. Yeah, it's good. It's Freaking good. Zoom. Let's see, let me see. Let me see uh, if I can get Jazzy to unmute. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> there you go. Hi. Hey. We tried to get Chris to unmute, but he's too—he's too locked in. He's laser. focused. Oh no! <laughs> he's laser focused. So, so uh, how's Maybe it going? Maybe I can text him. <laughs> no, no, don't text him yet. Don't text him yet. Okay. We can text him at the end. Because I don't need. Then, then he'll unmute. You'll we'll, we'll all be unmuted. Uh, how's talking. it going? How's it going? Good, good. I love is, these images. Is there one that sort of started the ball rolling for your epic one shot? Um. <laughs> I, well, the one that stands out the most to me is definitely the swords in the hillside. It's just so dramatic and yeah. fantasy Stonehenge and mm. worshipy, and there's something there. So that's definitely kind of where I'm headed to to start the real adventure. That like that, that definitely got my my juices going. Good. Good. <laughs> Shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. PG, 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 PG. It's, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. We're we're fine. We're fine. We we got a little salacious. Everything's fine. Salacious. How are you? <laughs> um, is there one that that isn't really fitting into the story that well? Um, having a bit of trouble with our you know weird jester dude. The one leaning on the club? Yeah. Well, it, well, I, I, I'm seeing it as some sort of musical instrument. Okay. But okay. Uh, chat did ask we, if we, it was a didgeridoo. Had... Oh yeah, I could see it as a didgeridoo. That is not what you thought. You you thought it was perhaps a large. I said chat thought it was a didgeridoo, sir. Oh, so, uh... <laughs> that's what I heard. Sometimes, sometimes I get put in my place. Sometimes you don't even like <laughs> listen to me. I just. This is one of those times. This is one. Affy thought it was a bong. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I could see that too. So there you go. There you go. Well, I hope you find a way to figure them out. We're about halfway through. Maybe a little past the halfway mark. A little yeah, above. He, he's got me a little stumped, but I think I'm going to find a way to write him in. It's I a bong. So. <laughs> I, I have faith in you. I have faith in you. Okay. I believe Maybe in you. It's a trippy adventure. You yeah. go ahead and text Chris now and tell him to unmute. I, I will <laughs> unmute Chris. No, Let's see if he has his, his phone. Maybe he way. doesn't have his phone there. Let's watch. We will we will watch him get the text we'll, message. We'll watch him get the text message. It will be so funny. <laughs> Just sent. Nothing. <laughs> nope. Out of it. Nothing. He's nope. laser focused. <laughs> And I think poor Kate keeps almost falling over. I think she has to go get the baby. It's baby time. 
Okay. Well, we're going to let you get, you get back to it, Jazzy. I'm going to get back to writing. You yeah, do it. Do it. Appreciate you, do it. you. In the meantime, while we wait for Chris maybe, to. Maybe Kate heard the text message come in and she's like, whose phone is that? I don't know. But we have, we have kitten cam right now. So I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I have asked, I have sent messages to both of them to unmute. If if they don't, you know that's fine. We'll we'll get to them at the end. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to do our next image while yeah, we wait? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Let's do that. This is a very unconventional prepper die. I kind of yeah, like it. Yeah. Throwing I'm digging all the curveballs. All right. So our next image is some guy with some bird-like creature. Some guy. <laughs> But the closer you look at some guy, he is not some guy. He is some dead guy. He's some dead guy. I don't think the bird creature is a dead creature, though. No, I, I don't think so. It, it's, it's alive. It's a rock, right? Can you guess who this piece of artwork is from? Uh, I don't know, but uh, that guy's bag is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Can we have a zoom in on the bag? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like oh man uh, yeah there's something going on with that bag yeah uh, <laughs> okay i just have to share this it's not related to the picture but plush viking just asked what do you call a group of dms i don't know an awkward of dms because <laughs> let's be real <laughs> <laughs> So th- this is an, a, a dead guy beneath those rows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, do you think you can guess who the artist is? Uh, I mean, look really, look really hard at that. It's like right on the tip of my tongue, and I, I've had a day, Jeremy. So just be nice to me. Hi, Kate. <laughs> hi. Oh, hi, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, she's playing games where she's throwing stuff into a corner where she can't get it, and then she wants me to get it for her. That's so. okay. You, you do not. You do not need to apologize. Life we're trying. We're try- We we are trying to. We have tried to unmute Chris. He is so laser focused. He <laughs> does not see my request for him to unmute. So he we're probably. We're gonna move. We're just gonna move on to you. Okay. Does that sound good? Is there a picture yep. that that sort of started the ball rolling for you? Or one um, that did not work well for you that you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I mean, I think I have something planned out for all of them. I definitely Good. saw the airship as a starting point. Nice. So, so yeah. <laughs> we have not shown chat an airship yet. So if you're like, what airship, guys? You just need okay. to settle down and we're going to get to the airship. <laughs> we're going to get to the airship. I, <laughs> the airship was selected specifically for this group tonight because of your spell jammer. Nice. You know, that's awesome background <laughs> i'm i'm glad i'm glad that you were able to to get started on one of them it, but you've got sort of something for everything or is there one that's sort of like i don't know what i'm gonna do with this uh i mean no, no i think i i've got it all I, i'm just kind of fitting the pieces together i've got probably about two-thirds of it mapped out so i'm just trying to put words oh, or a rough outline to, to the last part so well i think i think you're about two-thirds yeah. of your way through your time so yeah. that works out really well <laughs> about 12 minutes. That works out really well <laughs> Okay, right. we're going to go see if we can get Chris's attention. Okay. Uh, I'll see if he's got the baby monitor turned up. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll hang on. I, I can do <laughs> <Okay>. myself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I love this. 
baby monitor out here. So like, ba- we've got like cameras all over the house. So he's got baby the monitor monitors in there. Are the best. There, it's awesome. So <laughs> the best. Oh, I got a message. Okay. There we go. Hey. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna mute. We're gonna mute Kate. All right. Okay, Chris, how's it going? Uh, it's it's going good. It's Is going there good. a picture that sort of started the ball rolling for you, or one that like you're like I don't know what to do with this? Uh, let's see. Um, well, the uh, the airship definitely uh, got me got me going. Yeah, uh, it's a way to get the party to where I want where I want them to go. Excellent. And and then um, the picture of the swords is uh, where the location would be in my mind, anyway. Yeah. I really like that picture of the swords. There's something, um, it makes me ask a whole bunch of questions. I think anytime there's a picture like that, that works well. Yeah, works I, th- well. I think fantastic locations are a really good way to draw players in and to make them interested in things. And like, I agree. Gi- giant swords, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that cool. for sure, for sure. Well, I we, we won't keep you because you've only got about, I think about 10 minutes, minutes left. Yep. Okay. So, so, uh, so we'll let you get back to it, and we'll see you in ten minutes, and we'll we'll see what everybody's come up with. Sounds good. Excellent. Alrighty. Okay. So back Everybody, to everybody's doing really well. Like James. yeah, yeah. We've never really. I mean, maybe we don't. Maybe we give too much time. Maybe we pick pictures that aren't challenging enough. But like, we've never had one where people are like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> we've had a couple where like the one one image is just throwing them off, like the sort of whole aesthetic. That's true. That's true. So, uh, I think my love my love of TPKs and party deaths makes me want to see. I think I enjoy seeing people fail. Uh, yeah, it's because you're a sadist. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so it, the name finally came to me as we were talking to Chris. Okay, go. Gary Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like sitting I here knew. like. I'm like she knows. Uh, she knows. <laughs> Gary Chalk. We Gary can't Chalk. like. We can't do a prepper die without a Gary Chalk. No, like, we love like, Gary Chalk. I gotta be honest with you. When Jason and I get together to pick images, generally we go let's search what we can find out of Gary Chalk's library and see what what sort of lands with us. There's so I don't much th- there. I don't think this was the first picture though that we sort of came up with and said let's go with this one. I think I don't think this is where it all started. However. No. No, I think the I think the airship is where it all started for us this week, which mm. we'll get to. But this does have a very Lord of the Rings. Someone I think already in chat mentioned that uh, this, the Witch King. Yeah, yeah. This this very much has sort of like the Ring Wraith and the. Um, okay, I'm drawing a blank. What what are the things the Ring Wraiths? Nazgul. Nazguls. No, is that what? No, I thought or the, is that what they're called? That's another. The ring wraiths are called the Nazgul. Someone, someone put it in oh, chat. I know someone <laughs> there out there in chat knows what the ring wraiths ride on. They're maybe screaming bad words at me right now for not knowing. Hmm. I couldn't remember Gary Chalk. Don't look at me today. Like it's just not. But it's, it's not happening today. <laughs> it has it has that sort of Lord of the Rings feeling, right? Absolutely, and I think Artemis said that this is the the person that's trying to get the party to remove the swords from the dead god from the picture, from the first picture. Well, that is right on. I think that would make perfect sense. A fell beast. No, I think there's another name for it. I don't know. (laughs) Come on now. Come on now. What do ring rates ride? It's got to be 
Google's going to auto fill it for me. A Naz don't. A Naz don't. A Naz a Naz goblin. Instead of a Naz ghoul. What do ring wraiths ride? Well, I mean. Plush Viking says in their early forays, they ride on black horses. Later, they ride yep. flying monsters, which Tolkien describes as pterodactylic. Yes, that's right out of Google. And so is the Fell Beast reference right out of Google. So you were wrong. So, so you, I'm you wrong. apologize to Artemis right now. I'm sorry, Artemis. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so this comes from. Uh, one of the Lone Wolf books. We couldn't track down which one, but it's Gary Chalk from from one of the, the many Lone Wolf books mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And we just love Gary Chalk, so it had yeah. to happen. It had to happen. Absolutely. Artemis uh, still loves me. So well, that's can, good. You know, At you least that's one and... of you. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Kate, I can't tell if Kate is listening to us and being like, oh, burn or not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I'm here for it. I think she's just playing. It's not. She she has her baby there. That's that's obviously. But you know, one last time before we move away from the picture, take a look at that sack. Yeah, it's it's such a glorious sack. Very um, bulbous. Yeah. Okay. Next picture. Next picture. (laughs) Before we get in trouble. Before Before Jason yells at us. So. uh... Yes, it is plush. I agree with you 100%. It okay. is 100%. Let me just cool. say that this is the picture where we started <laughs> uh, picking pictures from. And we picked it for no other reason than Knights of Roleplay is a Spelljammer podcast. And, you know, uh, when we interviewed Chris on Old Men Rolling Dice, Chris goes way... Like, Chris has been playing almost, almost as long as I have. I've got a couple years on him. Uh, he's got way more hair on his head than I do, though, so I'm going to give it to him in the whole <laughs> realm. Uh, so we were like, we need some kind of spell jamming, or, or it does, doesn't even have to be spell jamming. Who doesn't love an airship in their adventure? Yeah, and you know, the 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 flag in it gives it, like, pirate vibes, so we're talking, like, yes. sky pirates, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, there you can see when we zoom in a little bit that there's a dude up in the crow's nest like is there really yeah oh, there is there is i can see it now it's and he looks honestly it looks like he's sleeping because he's got his feet hanging <laughs> out of it and he's just kind of like yep i'm he's up chilling. in the sky he's chilling <laughs> and i'm taller than everybody that is not a regular skull and crossbones can you see that it's like a skull yeah with it's bone got wings wing, on bone it. wings i'm in for it get in a little closer without it getting too pixelated. Plush Viking goes, is that an airship really or a flying boat? Or is it just a boat that's been thrown by a giant? Uh, given the fact that it has wings, I'm going to go flying boat. You're going to go flying boat? Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's an airship. I think it's a flying boat. I think it's I think it's. It awesome. can be all think... of them. Maybe I it's think... a flying boat that a giant threw and just didn't realize that it could fly. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe. I whatever it is, I'm here for it. Yeah, I really like it. I it makes me want to write a domain that's air pirates in Ravenloft. Yeah, because right now I've got the party in like the Sea of Sorrows, and that's a water pirate sort of situation going on. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna throw some air pirates into. Well, why can, the, can what? Yeah. What if the Sea of Sorrow, the the water, just sort of, you know, like the edge of the world, it falls off, but the boats keep going mm. through it's the mist. Possible. Well, that's how it's written in in the book. Mm. It indicates that the Sea of Sorrows is one of the connecting planes, where water, if there's water in a domain, somehow yep. this boat can, like a boat can travel through it. So like a Vastani like boat it. or something. I like how you said travel there. Travel. Yep. Trail. Trail. You sounded very Wisconsin. I try. I've been talking to Artemis a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mini Canada. <laughs> Mini Canada. Wisconsin. Mini Canada. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, and plus, it's flying over the mountains. I think, like Chris, sort of already mentioned that the the adventuring party is going to be on the boat and they're going to try to reach the place with the swords yeah. in his game. I would like to see someone turn that on its head and like make the boat the bad guys. Hmm. But the party can be bad. Naughty. Naughty party. Naughty pirates. Naughty yes. pirate gods. I agree. I agree. They can be like that. They can I be like that. I also feel like just the sheer scale of those swords. Like you're going to need some sort of aerial assistance to get them out. If you have to get them out. If, that's if you have to maybe. get them out. Like if that's the goal. Maybe you don't have to get them out. Maybe you just have to, you know. Okay, cool. But if the, cool. if that's the goal, then I think having some sort of air support would probably be the best way to get them out. If that's the route that the party goes. Yeah. And I love the front of the ship having the spiky ram bits. That's cool. Too. Oh, yeah. Because, like... It would fight like run, an air balloon and just you pop could it. Run it. You could <laughs> run it into the cloud giant. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't look so cool after that. Okay. Well... Are we out of time? But we got a minute and a bit still, so we can keep to... talking about the cool you're airship. Gonna, you're gonna get. You're gonna give them that minute or so. Why not? There, there have been children distractions and then okay, yelling. You're being at people. very nice. You're being very nice to them. Well, see, it's because you're a jerk, so I have to make up for it. You're like <laughs> being really nice to them and not so nice to me. I'm but, just saying. I mean, I'm just saying. This is not new. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I wish I could do a poll right now. I can't do a poll, unfortunately, in chat because we don't have access to that. But Just I really like to admit, maybe if you're in chat, can you let us know if you've played Spelljammer before? I. <laughs> and I, I don't. I don't mean. Uh, I don't mean like someone who gave you a flying ship. I mean an actual Spelljammer game. Put in chat there if you've if you've done that, and if you haven't, then say no. That's fine. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask people to unmute now because I think they're ready to go. I they think so ready. too. They I guess go. we got we got Katie kisses. We got an eye. We're good. <laughs> I think big chunky dude. This is Pawnee. Hi, Pawnee. Right here. It's just cats showing up from everywhere. He's a good buddy. <laughs> is everyone done? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Would help if I actually turned my volume back up, eh? Yay. Yay. That definitely oh, helpful. Eh? I didn't even do that on purpose. Good day, eh? Good day, eh? We're gonna uh, we're gonna look at your uh, one shot, eh? Did everyone yeah, get bud. done? Yeah. Damn it. Yes. We were just talking Most, about how mostly. I, I enjoy failure. Um, <laughs> and I don't think we've ever had a complete and utter failure on Prepper Die. Well, there was DM Jenny. 
Gang. Oh my god! Gang? Throwing Jangy under the bus? I'm not I saying can't... it was a failure, but <gasps> the amount of BSing oh. that came before he finally oh. told us what was happening Jack. made me think that he didn't have anything ready. <laughs> you think so? I think so. <laughs> I never thought of that. I'm Jang- ready. Jangy's out there. Jangy's out there. We're throwing shade on you. We 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 throw shade because we love. L- listen, all dungeon masters <laughs> are BS artists to mm-hmm. some. That's true. It's part of the job. So, e- so even when they don't have something prepped, they have to sell that they have it prepped. Yeah, yeah. It's a post that me. says, "Don't I kill just the look- players tonight." <laughs> I just sh- <clears throat> I just shamefully shake my finger at my players. Be I'm like, trying to get. I've been trying to get the party. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get these guys to DM since I started. Um, and at first I had everybody do a battle royale. I, I, I sort of wrote it and I gave it to them and then I got to play in it, which was great. And then I had them each do one adventure in the Involos Wake for that time that covered when Nolian yep. was born. Yep. Um and and then John did Curse of Strahd and Sarah's doing Candle Keep. So I've been trying to slowly kind of introduce everybody to the DM style and tell them so much of it is improv. You have to improv a lot. <laughs> you have to BS a lot sometimes. Fake it. If, if, People do things, yeah. I fake it till you make it, kind I, of thing. I think that is the difference between um, a good DM and a average DM. The average DM, when things go off the rails, is in real panic mode and unable to sort of keep it together, which is fine because <laughs> players are players are horrible people when they do stuff like that. And God says they minored in, minor in, in BS in college. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ones that could BS, I minored in BS in college. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think I really do. I think if someone is able to just BS their way through something, they they're a good dungeon master. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Good dungeon master. Yeah. They, I, they, I think they, I might have been the first person to be like way on board with you, Chris. I was like, yes, I want to do this. <laughs> I think you were behind the screen. <laughs> <laughs> is it was it was it just a was it just you trying to escape the bonds of being a DM and be a player? Uh, it it kind of was, you know. I mean, even though like it's weird because I I played I was mostly a player for like twenty eight years, so I don't really have a lot to complain about. <laughs> you know, a lot of forever DMs have been forever DMs like their entire career. You know, yeah. I played almost thirty years as mostly a player, but <sighs> since since falling in love with DMing, um, I'll go for like you know six months and I'll be like, oh, I haven't played a character like one time. I'm going to say something. For, <laughs> forever DMs are not forever DMs because they can't find someone to DM for them. Forever DMs are forever DMs because they want to be a DM. Damn and, uh, and any forever DM that wants to argue that with me is welcome to, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're full of it. They want to be behind the screen. They, they, they don't want to get out from behind the screen. Because if they wanted to, they could find they could find a game. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about our our uh, come at me DMs if you want to in chat. Come at me uh, if if you want. We're going to roll a d twelve. Yep. And that will dictate who tells their one shot first. Okay, that's the plan. Okay. Do you, I don't do worry you about the numbers. the numbers. Yeah, you're totally doing we, the numbers. We can't do rock paper scissors lizard Spock. You can or do you that if you want. Do you want to okay do that? that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Quiet, Sarah. Rochambeau, your heart. You hear what, Rochambeau, I, do? I, you hear what I deal with? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I've got my D12. So, Chris, you are 1 to 4. Kate, you are 5 to 8. And Jazzy, okay. you are 9 to 12. 
You didn't show off the dice like you know. Oh, yeah, I should show off the dice, but... No, you've rolled it now. It's on the floor. Oh, it's on the floor. It's, it's on the floor. It's, it's dead. Oh, that's no. a good question. Is it a dead dice, everyone? Yes. Your game? <laughs> it's, it, it's Well, for me, it's dead. <laughs> it's, de it's dead? I think Affy literally yeah, lost I don't know dice. where it went. It's not <laughs> oh, a small no. die, either. It is like a 25-millimeter, <laughs> like, big sparkle big. vomit die. Nice. Oh, sparkle vomit. Yeah, glitter. Yes. I love my glitter dice. <laughs> I don't know where it went. Is it gone? I have a set of sparkle really vomit dice too. <laughs> okay, I have the opposite of a sparkle vomit dice here. I have like a basic box set. Oh, oh nice. Crayon D12. Oh, fill boy. It out. You got to fill it out with the crayon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do this, the crayon because here the... Go, here uh, goes. I'm, I'm, do you know the numbers? Do yes. You know don't get like that with me. I'll go... <laughs> Uh, Look, I lost my sparkle vomit, okay? I'm a you know little what? upset. I'm That's a sad it. day. Here you go. I just rolled this dice, and this is how DM I am. I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting number, but should I fudge it to something else? <laughs> <laughs> when your life you just too much Dungeons and Dragons. It's a four. It's, it's a, a four. four? Okay. okay. Uh, There's no lie there. It's Chris. Is that Chris? Chris? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Okay, Chris. I did not fudge to you or away from you. All right. The dice, is, the dice is chosen. You tell us what your one shot's all about. Okay. So my one shot is called the Crown of Everdeath, and the adventure begins aboard the airship Telemony, headed for a location called the Swords of Worldwake. <laughs> The three swords are hundreds of feet high, with their points thrust into the ground by the gods themselves. Below the swords is the tomb of the Lich Vanthrax. Vanthrax had the gall to oppose the gods over a millennia ago. Vanthrax used a powerful artifact called the Crown of Everdeath to bolster its own power to a level equivalent to the gods. A hero named Falgum Hathorn, wielding a mace enchanted by the gods, was the first to attempt to stop Vanthrax. Falgrim was unaware of the Lich's true power and fell swiftly under Vanthrax's dark power. Vanthrax then went to the spot where the Swords of Worldwick now reside and challenged the gods. Once Vanthrax was defeated by three of the most powerful gods, who barely had the combined power to stop it, the gods placed their swords in the location of the battle and a tomb was created below for the Crown of Everdeath. The magic of the swords keeps the crown's influence from reaching beyond the tomb as the gods themselves were not capable of destroying it. The party has recently come by the knowledge that a new cult, the Cult of Vanthrax, is traveling to the Swords of Worldwake in the hopes of finding the Crown of Everdeath. Aboard the airship Telemony, the party will be attacked en route by large undead bats sent by the cult. A battle will occur while the airship is in mid-flight. Once the bats are defeated, the party will arrive at the Swords of Worldwake, and will have to investigate to find the entrance to the Tomb of Vanthrax. Telltale signs left by the cults who have already arrived will help the party to find the tomb's entrance. Once inside the tomb, the party will have to make their way past a series of traps that include pit traps, crushing stones, and fire because fire is cool. <laughs> As the party makes their way through the tomb, they will encounter a host of undead minions from the cult of Vanthrax. Zombies, mummies, and skeletons will wear the party's resources down before the final confrontation with Zakhar, the cult leader. The party will arrive in the main chamber of the tomb where the Crown of Everdeath is located just as Zakhar is in the middle of a ritual designed to break the magic of the three swords and allow the crown to come to full power. 
This boss battle will occur in three waves, the first being about six to eight cultists with poison daggers. Upon their defeat, Zakir will animate two large statues to battle the party. Finally, the party will face Zakar, who has been protected thus far by a semi-transparent dark sphere of necrotic energy. The party's combined resources will drop the sphere. If they were not able to get to Zakar in time, he will complete the ritual and all will be lost. If they get to him before the completion of the ritual, they should be able to defeat him, but in his death throes, a wave of necrotic energy will burst from his body, causing further harm. With Zakar defeated, the crown will continue to rest. Very good, dude. I don't want to awesome. follow that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, th- th- this is this is what I like about this. First of all, I don't know that we've ever had people name so much in a one shot on here yeah. before. So I'm all in on that naming the naming the. We've had people give like, oh, this is the title of my one shot. Uh, the I love the name World Wake. Uh, what was the ship's name? Uh, the Telemony. Yeah, the crown of Everdeath. I mean, the the cultist leader's name. We had lots of names. names I'm disappointed at the lack the of Kyle, however. The lack of Kyle. You would like yeah. the lich to be called Kyle. Yeah. We had this this <laughs> this. <laughs> our, the running was it our first was it our first prepper die? It was near the beginning. There was uh, this it might have been the second apprentice, and, and he was named Kyle. And we just thought that was great. Yeah, um, that was like the BBEG. So. <laughs> and the death, the death, uh, like killing the guy and then him exploding and doing more damage I think that's that's like some second edition Dragonlance there yeah, yeah. first edition Dragonlance <laughs> death throws I like yeah. that I yeah. like that oh that was great Chris yeah Thanks. that was awesome thank you I, I, made, I made I made notes so I'm stealing ideas <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to run this now. I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, if you yeah, do, please let I us know. I want to play it. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. And undead bats, amazing. And traps. Who doesn't like traps? <laughs> I also like. It's I also like. I also like that the scale is very large, and that like there's gods and liches in the mold. But this could be a relatively low level adventure still mm-hmm. fighting the cult. Yeah, it absolutely could be. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Who are, are we rolling to see who goes next? Yeah, you'll have to roll though because my sparkle vomit is still missing. Oh, I hope I hope a cat doesn't get it. <laughs> it's a little too, okay. too big for them to eat. <laughs> Eleven. All right, so that would be Jazzy. Jazzy's up. Boy. <laughs> I don't want to follow him. <laughs> oh, don't be intimidated by him. <laughs> Just put Kyle in get... last minute. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Quite <laughs> as as detailed as as my primary dungeon master, Chris Buckner. Um... <laughs> You're awesome, Sarah. You are awesome. <laughs> so... There was probably a lot of BS there, <laughs> right? I mean, we just talked about DMs BSing, so I'm sure you can BS. <laughs> Go for it. Go. I'll show. All up right. Now. So, <clears throat> our adventurers have been mercenaries for the crown for a long time um so when you're starting out your your existence has been honorable but you have disdain for the kingdom at this point because you're both feared and respected but um life is arduous your parties become careless in their now easy existence protected by the crown and they're accustomed to their way of life so the adventurers, uh, the idea is that they're being sent on a task by the king to seek out a fool of a giant. 
their orders are to kill on sight, and he's been because the giant's been causing trouble amongst the hill folk, spreading rumors of the crown's corruption and greed, warning that the crown will crumble and be reduced to nothing but a circle of bones if something is not done. If the party accepts their task, they're off towards the mountains and they find themselves climbing higher and higher till they come to a land where they start to feel dwarfed by the scenes around them, massive formations, rocks, geysers, and carvings. Um, at one point, they will come to a very sheer steep cliff and a skill challenge would be involved for them to be able to climb the cliff. Um, if the party fails the skill challenge, they would be met by an NPC named Necromi on his winged bird mount. <laughs> and with successful role play, you can convince him to bring you up the cliff or you may choose to fight him and take the bird mount from him and climb the cliff that way. Well, fly up the cliff. Sorry. I talk with my hands. I do too. It's all good. <laughs> it's probably why the, the sparkle this. vomit has disappeared. Yes. <laughs> um, if they succeed in skill check, they would climb the ledge and be greeted by a circle of 100 foot swords in the distance that pierced the mountain's eyes and Nakrimi would then be up there waiting to talk to them. Um, if they choose to make friends with Nakrimi instead of killing him, he would become an ally throughout the adventure. Um, so he would be a source of knowledge since he obviously knows what's going on. Um, so when they approach the swords, which are off in the distance, they would then see as they approach approach <laughs> a giant in flowing robes and gear worshipping a geyser that's erupting from within the circle he's sounding a low booming instrument and chanting as the fires that are built around the geyser are forming clouds of steam that are floating through the sky and away from the swords as if he's summoning or building something if you choose to speak with the giant, his name is Claudius. He'll give the following information, but it would be a very hard skill check as he's very uh, timid of the party and not quite so trusting, if you will. Um, so the information that he would have is that the giants are actually peaceful and the crown is lying about their so-called crimes. Um, they have foreseen that the crown will indeed wither the land away and make it fall to ruins. Uh, the ritual is indeed building clouds that will rain magical rejuvenating magic down to the earth's below. And Claudius and his kin are only seeking to bring balance back to the nature of the land. They want nothing to do with the dealings of the crown and any other races for that matter. Hence him being not really into talking to you. And he seems rather <clears throat> happy. If you, will. <laughs> um, you missed the you gesture, offered... Jeremy. You yes. missed the gesture. <laughs> I was busy writing notes. What did I miss? He's very happy. Oh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> I, I understand that kind of happy. <laughs> so if you offer to abandon your mission for the king and help the giants they will reward you with this magical flying ship i didn't name my ship but it flies because kyle fly are awesome <laughs> and with that magical flying ship 
It will take you wherever you need to go to assist the magical Claudius and his king with the awakening of the Earth's rebirth. That's about where I got. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't cool. have an end game yet, but... <laughs> okay, so I, this is what I liked. This is what I liked. First of all, adventurers hate the king. <laughs> adventurers always hate the king. Have you ever known a set Damn of the man, that actually, man. <laughs> Have you ever met a set of adventurers that actually respect the authority in place wherever they are? No. Well, Kyle doesn't <laughs> respect the authority. It does not respect my authority. Uh, the, ship, the, sh- the ship should be named the Mary J- uh, Mary Jane. <laughs> SS Mary yes. Jane. Yes. Uh, I love it. Yes. I love the names Necromi and Claudius. Yep. Both. <laughs> Claudius being afraid of the adventures I thought is perfect because the my co-host is like the number one murder hobo <laughs> and she will kill any NPC and I, and for I that reason, try I to be like, diplomatic but if so my I, I bard love... rolls suck and <laughs> their Jeremy is being a jerk then I kill them <laughs> I love I love the fact that the, the, the party does not respect authority I love the fact that the NPC is afraid of the PCs because murder hobos. And there's a lot of those. There are, there are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reju- I like the idea of the rejuvenating clouds. Yeah, me too. I even wrote it down and put in big like letters, "Steal this." <laughs> <laughs> that, and as I was putting "steal this," that's where Abby's like, "Jeremy, you missed it. You missed it." And I'm like, "What? What? What?" Well, the. The weird jestery guy kind of looked like a hippie, so I was thinking, you know, yeah, Earth, Earth man. So yeah, I like the fact that Sarah used um, a skill, a skill challenge because I I had brought those over from Fourth Edition and used them before, and she she took that and ran with it. And I think skill challenges are awesome. They're one of my favorite things that Chris does for our campaigns, so I wanted to incorporate that. I think that it, from 4th edition, two of the biggest things that I see brought over from 4th edition, skill challenges, for one, and number two is um, the bloodied rules. We, we use bloodied. We do use do bloodied. You? Okay, there we you do. Go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> bloodied. I have a player that, like, I don't use them. Not, I mean, not to any sort of uh, extent. And I have a player who is always asking, like, when they're fighting monsters, is it bloodied? <laughs> that's Sarah <laughs> yep. <laughs> how, how much damage have we done to this thing is it bloody it's bloody I'm like, I'm like we're not playing with that go away go away <laughs> but you still answer and what does bloody mean I do still answer <laughs> so for anybody listening mean? who doesn't know what bloody is below half its maximum hit points <laughs> yes so in fourth edition if a creature reached half its hit points it was declared to be bloodied and you could use that and you generally speaking the stat block of the monster could change when it hits the bloody condition. Yeah. In, in other words, maybe it starts fighting stronger, or maybe it starts fighting weaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes it would do more damage, or people would get bonuses to hit or damage against them. Yeah. 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 It is a neat mechanic. Like you could do it, and it doesn't even have to be at fifty percent. You could do like you could stack it at every twenty-five percent of the battle. Uh, something about the monster changes. It gets very video gamey, sort of stage fighting, like at this. <laughs> We're into this stage of the fight now. Yeah. We're into this stage of the fight now. I'd never played 4th edition, so I didn't know about the bloody thing until I started playing with you. And mm. it reminded me of when in World of Warcraft, 
when you're in like a boss battle and it enrages. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. it starts doing like stupid damage and mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what it reminded me of when you said that like it can change the whole dynamic of the fight at that yeah. point. So that was pretty I like that idea a lot. Yeah, like uh, you could have a mechanic where like a, the dra- the dragon can only breathe its breath weapon maybe once every three rounds, but when it's bloodied, it can breathe its breath weapon every round. Yeah. Or it stops breathing its breath weapon and does you know something else. Yeah. yeah. We're getting very sidetracked. Here. I'm here for I'm here for Claudius, and I'm here we for Nakomi. Sidetracked. No, never. <laughs> no, never. Never. Never happens. Never. Ever. Uh. Always well, on point. I'd- do I have to roll the dice, or can we just say it's fate's turn? Uh, you roll the dice to see how much oh, damage you do, obviously. I'm rolling the dice. I'm rolling the dice. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got a one. Okay. Oh, Chris goes oh, again. Chris again. <laughs> <laughs> Kate guy. survives. Kate survives. He's trying to distract the baby so that I'll have the time to try to step through all my notes here that now I've been <laughs> yes. I'm on ba- ignoring I'm on baby for 20 duty. minutes because she got really clingy. So. <laughs> I'm on baby duty right now. <laughs> All right, hey, so let's see here. I didn't have a title, but because Chris had one, then I, I thought about it. And I think the title would be the the Veil of Darkness for mine. Like um, so I would start it with a party of probably higher level level eleven, since you suggested it, Jeremy. Oh, well, there you <laughs> Adventures, go. just because it would let me throw more at them combat wise. I, I mean, I've only ever DM'd something that's canned like Bolo's Wake. So the whole idea of balancing combat encounters that you make up yourself—that's very new to me. Uh, so I didn't do a lot of detail for any of mine, unlike my my show-off hubby. Uh, so let's see here. I, I, they are established adventurers who are already journey, journeying together on an airship. Um, the adventure would start with them just going between point A and B uh, day-to-day life, and then they would get caught up in a storm or cyclone. Uh, And I would put them through a skill challenge with that. And and depending on the results of that, that would help to dictate uh, how much damage that they individually took and possibly levels of exhaustion as well. Um, So they would pop out of that storm and and the ship would be badly damaged to the point where it would be basically limping and need to land right away to make repairs. And they would be right near uh, a floating, uh, basically chunk of land with a rocky landscape and a tower on it. Um, so uh, I would assume that hopefully the party would land there rather than crash to the ground down below. Uh, and as they explore the rocky terrain, they would end up having to fight uh, a group of skeletons and scabs. Uh, as a first combat for the one shot uh, and winning out in that fight they would continue exploring and eventually find the tower in the middle of this floating island in the sky and at the top of the tower they would find uh, a lich uh, I'm going to say he's Kazadun because I'm making an homage to Lord of the Rings here so why not um, and his mount at the top and Kazadun would offer to help them uh, with the ship repairs that they needed to get back home to land at a cost Uh, he would ask them to seek the crown of spires uh, which is a powerful artifact Um, and he'd be evasive about why that is although if the party paid close enough attention there would be little tells here and there that that he's actually trapped there in that tower on that floating island in the sky uh, and he would offer them an award of 50,000 gold if they accomplished this for him. Um, 
and give them the advice to seek a traveling warrior named Malik in the town below who can help them on their journey and that Malik has a large uh, club type weapon. So uh, if the party made that agreement, uh, they would get what they needed to repair the ship and they would be able to fly back down to visit the village of Fieldcrest down below. Um, so there they would indeed find Malik, the warrior, at a local tavern. Uh, and assuming that they would ask him for help, uh, he would be somewhat reluctant to do that. He would explain that the crown lies in a place called the Temple of Swords at the peak of a nearby mountain and that one must be pure of heart to get the crown. I, I will preface this, I would have another rule for my party starting out that I would want them to be a, an overall good, perhaps somewhat lawful aligned party just because murder hobos wouldn't fit well for the story as I've written it. Darn um, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. She doesn't like my chaotic, <laughs> neutral characters. Hey, yeah. I'm doing that. Jeremy puts Cindy's, up with mine. <laughs> Cindra's a little more chaotic, but... But yeah, uh, so they would uh, journey with Malik uh, often, or they could take the airship if they wanted to. But at the entrance to the mountains, uh, I, I would write it so that you either have like steep ravines, caves or something where the airship can't pass and they have to go on foot from there. Uh, so as they ascended, I would have them fight um, a, a small group of stone golem guardians. Um and possibly complete some more skill challenges, like a series of, of traps to avoid with falling rocks, uh, some, some gates to figure out how to open. And then they would reach uh, the, the peak, which would be a spire near a giant jagged crater. Uh, and there would stand the three giant swords around a central altar area with more glyphs and symbols. So there would be another puzzle for them to figure out uh, to try to solve the puzzle of the glyphs and when they solved that puzzle the crown would appear in a pillar of light at the center of the temple but at the same time uh, with each party member being engaged with different glyphs to help solve the puzzle they would all receive a vision and they would see that the the crown um, of spires is something that could enable uh Khazadun, the lich to gain his freedom from the spire in the sky uh, and that he would be able to use that to spread a veil of death over the entire world down below. Uh, and that the only way to prevent that um, is to complete the ritual that had been started within that temple to render the crown inert and to permanently banish Khazadun, who had only been partially banished to that tower in the sky. Uh, so having seen that, the party would turn around and find that Malik had suddenly changed and had revealed himself as an agent of Khazadun. His major illusion would drop and standing before them would be a tall sorcerer and instead of a long club would be a long staff. And he would summon forth a group of elementals to attack the party and he would attempt to take the crown. So the, the party would be left to fight for that. I, I would scale Malik so that he was an extremely challenging fight at whatever state they were at at that point. So they would have a choice. They would either need to try to kill him and the elementals to stop them, uh, or they would need to soak the damage and plan their strategy so that they could complete the ritual with additional you know, glyphs or manipulation within the temple to, uh, to stop the crown. Uh, so with that complete 
via either method. There would be a howl of anger from the sky as Khazadun was permanently banished. Suddenly where the crater was next to them, the chunk of land with the tower would reappear now less dark and looking more holy. Uh, the, the temple would have been a temple of Palor, by the way. I meant to include that in the vision. Um, and basically, uh, no more lich. The lich would have been permanently banished. But truly, in, inside the tower, they would find the 50,000 gold to end their adventure. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> Yay, my wife, my, my wife did a lich. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Kate, I have a question. Yeah. What, was the fact that it was Palor in, inspired by Claire Bear? Uh, no, but now I remember. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, my current character in, in Spelljammer, uh, yeah. Maya Heen is actually, I think, like a cleric or, or a demigod under Palor. So, okay. so yeah, I know about it from that, too. Okay. <laughs> I was going to awesome. ask. Because as soon as you said it, all I could think was the power of Palor. <laughs> I, love that you used, I love that you use Palor because Greyhawk. <laughs> And I'm just gonna leave it at that. I, I don't think Greyhawk stuff gets used enough. So Paler, that's awesome. Mm. <laughs> that's I like awesome. the, the indication that there were some things that were a little maybe hinky about uh, him. Sorry, what did you just say? Hinky. I don't think that's a word. It is absolutely a word. <laughs> <laughs> she just said I, it. I knew so what you were going for. I got it. I got it. it. It's, it's a word, and you can Google it. And I'm okay. right, and okay. you're wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I know not to argue with you. Listen, I, know not to, I rule at Scrabble for a reason. <laughs> I I like I like the levels of exhaustion added yep. for the crash of the ship. I don't think exhaustion levels are used enough. No, I agree. And it doesn't matter how tough your character is, exhaustion you know takes the window to them, literally mm-hmm. and figuratively, yep. very quickly. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And I love that Malik sort of turns out to be a double agent. Yep. And you mentioned scaling on Malik to make him make him an appropriate challenge. This is something I don't know if every DM like does this, but this is something that I've done in the past, and I'm I'm maybe maybe Chris or Jazzy have also done it as well. Um, but like, yeah, you, you can have a villain that isn't like solidified in concrete that you're going to mm-hmm. adjust to make like either oh they've been walking through everything, so I'm going to ramp them up or oh my gosh i've kicked the crap out of the, the party there's right. not much left so i'm gonna scale <laughs> him down a bit we've all run fights where there was like the option like uh, volo's wake does a good job of setting up the combat so you can basically throw in extra numbers of baddies depending yeah. on how the party is doing but for yeah this, that it's particular like, yeah it's actually I, written in there on how to yeah. adjust it up or down yeah depending on and, how your adventurers are doing in this case, I would very much want that fight to be that, you know, trying to go the path of just like ramming into the bad guys head on would be hard enough that you'd have at least a few people, you know, at death's door unconscious by doing so to kind of present that enticing alternative of, gee, maybe we need to figure out the, the ritual instead. I think Chris has given us some combats that are kind of in that flavor. Yeah. yeah. And then you Viking have the parties and- that just kind of like push through anyway. Yep. Yeah. Saved by chat. <laughs> And that's the only reason they're still alive. That you know, that's interesting. <laughs> we we could do a talk on that one time on the podcast. That would be interesting. So a lot of our games online here, when we play on stream, like we give the opportunity for the chat for chat to like heal the party or boost the party mm-hmm. in other ways. 
and it's very difficult to scale an encounter properly when people like <laughs> Artemis heals the party over and over and over again. The solution to that is what just to invite about? Artemis. We never stash points. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it happens. Potions. I think it happens. I think it happens. <laughs> I'm None not in. I'm not that. in the one game anymore. Uh, Artemis <laughs> is actually a player, so now would be my turn. Oh, my turn to step in and boost the bad guys all the time. She, she, see, Artemis is very kind to players. I, I never watch any streams where I'm totally for the DM and save up points <laughs> to create chaos. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. No. Never. Never, never. I've never done that. No. Never seen it happen ever. Nope. <clears throat> well, everybody, that was awesome. I, I, I normal. I normally ask a question about like h- how you prep or how you uh, get ready for a session, but I, I want to do it a little different tonight. The three of you are involved in a very long-running Spelljammer campaign. Wizards has just announced that they're bringing Spelljammer back, so I would just like to get your guys' reaction to that because. I can tell you prior to Wizards doing this, and I think Chris and I maybe talked about this when we were we did our collaboration podcast. Like there, there's a camp of people that just loved Spelljammer, and there's a camp of people camp of people that just do not like Spelljammer. This is not Dungeons and Dragons for them. And I would say that overall, the Spelljammer announcement was what came out very well. Like lots of people were excited. So I think there's some people that are lying and jumping on bandwagons. But you guys actually live it and play it. So I want to know what your opinion was when it was like, we're going to bring Spelljammer back. I, I thought it was really cool because, I mean, I, I I thought it would be like the last place that they would go, you know, except maybe Dark Sun. I thought maybe Dark Sun or Spelljammer would be like the last kind of campaign world that they would go to. And so when I saw it coming out, I was like, it would be really cool if you come up with that about two years and four months ago when I started my campaign. <laughs> Before um, you had to customize all our content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have all the second edition stuff, and I basically leveraged that to make the campaign. Um, but the fact that they actually chose that and and they actually decided to create it, I mean, I'm actually really, really excited for it. So my, our our campaign is probably going to end right as it comes out, which is ironic. Um, but I'm but I'm excited that they came out with it. Jazzy, Kate, what what are you guys' feelings on this on this Spelljammer announcement? I'm super stoked. I saw the the teaser trailer on April 1st of the hamster just like flying through space. Yeah. And I was like, that's just mean. It's an April Fool's joke. Well, apparently the joke was that it wasn't a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so when I saw it come out, I was like, that's pretty darn toot and cool. But we have, you, have you guys encountered a, a giant space hammer hamster in your Spelljammer campaign? No, but I'm going to have to put it in now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you are. But I mean, I don't I don't know. I I don't know if it's just the increased popularity of of 5E or just how many people are so mainstream with D&D these days. Maybe the sci-fi element is causing such more interest in mm-hmm. in Spelljammer. I don't know. I'm excited Kate. to see what they're doing with it, though. Kate, how about you? Oh, yeah, I think 
a, a little bit of excitement mixed with like a little bit of annoyance at the timing, right? Because yeah. I know that the material would have been cool for Chris to have. But uh, yeah. other than that, you know, we can I sit there and hope that maybe, sharks. <laughs> maybe they were inspired by us and any other people doing podcasts using Spelljammer. Because I think I may have heard of some other groups doing it, but uh, but. Uh, I guess I'm just overall excited because like what I've seen of like, you know, the, the retro art and me doing Photoshop, trying to clean things up so we could use them from old scans that people took and like knowing what little bit of the retro that Chris has exposed us to and like some of the old races. And there were probably you know, stereotypes that they used for things back then that are not so tasteful or PC today. So I guess I'm just very excited because they've done such a good job with other modern things like Chris's Strad, just kind of to see their their modern take on it because I'm a sci-fi girl since forever so i think it's just going to be neat i think even yeah. with this if you take the sci-fi elements of spelljammer away i think what spelljammer did at least for when when i played it was that like there was a so if you're an old stick in the mud grognard which maybe i have elements of in my personality you do like say. you're like it's Tolkien, Dungeons and Dragons, or or bust, right? Like I want dwarves, <laughs> I want elves, and forget all. I this know other no stuff. one like that. And I, for, <laughs> I feel like I feel like there is uh, Spelljammer goes. You know, we can throw all that aside. There can be any, you know, you can literally play any race, any sort of fantasy genre you like because Spelljamming gives you that ability to contact all those to touch all those places. So anybody who's a real stick in the mud about you know what races they like or don't like in their game that that kind of gets thrown out the window for spelljammer so i think spelljammer is really aptly timed maybe not for you guys with your campaign coming <laughs> to an end and they're like hey spelljammer but i feel i feel like uh the dnd community this is a game that definitely spelljammer definitely grabs the fantastic and you know anything literally anything can exist in a Spelljammer campaign. Because yeah, and in a time of inclusivity, you know, it's great to have the whole galaxy, the whole universe mm. available to play. And I wanted to show off this Dungeon Master screen that Kate made using the old second edition. <laughs> made card. for him. Oh my goodness. Hang on, hang on. I got to make a your not, screen big. Yeah, let us zoom in on Chris's screen. So we have a, we have a Nautloid there. Yep. Yep. That is, is so cool. Is there a yes. Oh, I love the hammer ship. That's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the retro images, which I found a scan of that was, I think, really roughed up. And I cleaned it up to, like, remove all the impressions of the creases in the paper and stuff. And then, Oh, my God. Yeah, I got <laughs> two of it. a custom DM screen. It's <laughs> awesome. That Final is beautiful. beautiful. I'm going to go on mute here because I got to yell at my wife. I, I don't have a custom DM screen. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do the painting and the crafty things. Like if Chris needs special markers or things painted in high detail, it's kind of I, I enjoy that stuff. So and you I guys mine on a cardboard. So <laughs> <laughs> you do you did, you did make your first yep. game screen on cardboard. I think I've seen the picture. I think yep. I've seen the picture. I I have. Um, oh, I'm going to shamelessly plug someone here. I think the company is called Hammer Dog that makes a DM screen where you can drop inserts in. Well, that's cool. 
sides. So like you can you can pick the art you want to drop on the one side and pick what you yeah. want on the inside. I don't yeah. have a candle keep DM screen. I'm just saying. Oh. It is. Make that happen. I, I need to make metal pendants happen first. I've got to get back into CAD with that emblem for it. But yeah, that's so probably been playing for a while. In chat, it looks like there's a couple people excited about Spell Jammer as well and steampunk you can definitely do steampunk with spelljammer it's very very easy yeah well definitely go all lovecraft with it that'd be so fun yes Mm -hmm. well especially with the mind flares oh yeah like that would be really easy to do that would be baby agrees baby does agree (laughs) baby does agree (laughs) not the not lloyd ships even have a very sort of Cthulhu-y look. Yeah, they do. Well, they're mainly piloted by the mind players, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Methods. Well, this has been awesome, guys. Thanks for coming yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Thank you. and giving up some time to hang out with us here on Prep or Die. Thanks for uh, awesome. <laughs> we will be back in two weeks, maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> Afi's down in the States in two weeks. And I don't have any faith that she can stream from the States. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll be in a hotel. Well, she's going to be we in a hotel. We have internet access, you know. Do you, <laughs> you, are you sure? She's going to be in a hotel. And then she was talking about streaming across like a cell phone. I'm like, you can't do it. Yes. Uh, it's got it no faith in high me. quality, but you can. So, you know, maybe we'll be back in two weeks. Maybe we won't be back in two weeks. Maybe it'll be four <laughs> weeks. Possible. It, we don't know. It depends. It depends on the internet when I check into my hotel. We don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. Um, do we, I don't think we have any real announcements to make. Uh, just Noob Crawl next Wednesday. Yeah, Noob Crawl. We're playing Dungeon Crawl Classics next Wednesday on yep. my channel. Um, if anybody is in the Ohio area, I will be at Origins. I should maybe throw that out there. I'm going to be DMing at Origins for um, the Lynn Vander Gaming Group. And uh, so I am headed down. So if you're going to be at Origins, make sure that you come and say hi. Columbus, Ohio is where I will be at. Hi, so, Ohio, Ohio. Ohio. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very, I haven't DM'd at a convention in a very long time. So I'm looking it's forward to that. It's been a minute. If you would like to be on Old Men Rolling Dice, I know this sounds old school, but email us at oldmenrollingdice at gmail.com and we will hook you up for a show. Uh, I'm looking at you, Hampod. You should probably be saying, hey, I want to be on the show. Yeah. Like, why do we not have an email from you already? I don't know. I don't know. Shame. And maybe maybe Viking as well should be doing that. This guy's having fun right here. Oh, look at that. Corgi. That's, that's the life. What a bomb. The corgi life right there. I thought you had bigger dogs. I I do. They live with their daddy. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this is not the dog that I think I was expecting to see here. <laughs> this is the dog that lives in the apartment. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. Fair enough. Big dogs that are tracks. too big for the apartment. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understand. So catch us in two weeks and... Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Stop saying maybe. It, maybe I'll stream it in two weeks. Okay. You do that. Have fun. <laughs>
Anyway, we'll see you. Thanks again. <laughs> uh, tonight's a podcast. Nights of tonight's a role play. Thank you for being here with yes, us. Yes, thank you so and much. If you ha- if you, you have not, you can find nights of role play anywhere you download uh, podcasts Bye-bye. from. Check it out. Did we get a bye-bye? You did get a bye-bye. She oh, said. Did get a bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wait, she'll do it. <laughs> Most of the time. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, <laughs> can't top that. Take us out nope, of we're, we're done. Can't top that. Ciao. <laughs>